If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. Luke chapter 2, verse 9. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. The angels brought the greatest news ever that day. And because of that... Announcement, we have the greatest joy ever. You know, a lot of times Christmas can bring a lot of sadness to our hearts because our loved ones have passed on and they've gone. There's a lot of empty chairs. But I'm here today to tell you, as long as we have Jesus Christ in our hearts, we can have joy. And this morning I like to talk about the joy that God gives us. See, the world's joy is all based on circumstances. If you got money in the bank, the kids aren't sick, you got out and got the right Christmas gift, your tree doesn't fall over, all those things, and we can still we have joy. But we as Christians, when all things can go wrong, when there's no money in the bank, and there's sickness in our family, and there's no presence, and there's no tree. I'm here today to tell you that you can still rejoice because the person that brings real joy is Jesus Christ. And because Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago, that's why the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. And we can have that great joy because we serve a risen king. He's no longer in the manger. He's at the right hand of the Father. And he is interceding for you and for me. When you look into the Bible, especially the book of Isaiah, and if you do a little history study of when he wrote the book of Isaiah, the country of Israel was in terrible straits. They were in captivity. The Assyrian government came down and the army came down and destroyed the northern kingdom. And then while he is still in charge as the main prophet, they come into the southern part of the kingdom. They take away 200,000 consciousness. Things are terrible. Things are bad. And they're not just bad, they are really bad. But when you read the book of Isaiah, you see him time and time again use the word rejoice or use the word joy. How could this be? How could Isaiah say such a thing to a nation that is in such terrible need? He says in Isaiah 49, 13, he says, Shout for joy, for heaven rejoice, you earth burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion 
on his afflicted ones. See, Isaiah knew this is only temporary. We will get through this. And even things look terrible. We are in captivity. We are slaves. We are, we are dying left and right. We can still have joy because the Savior is coming. In Isaiah 55, he says, You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. How could Isaiah talk about joy in a time like this? See, because in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah saw into the future that we're always not going to be in captivity, but God is going to send a son, and he is going to set us free. And he's going to rule and reign in righteousness. And his kingdom will never cease. But what about us today? When you look around, you watch the news or read the newspaper, you see nothing but tragedy. Wars and rumor of wars. People losing their homes. Inflation. People being murdered every day. How can we as Christians be joyful in a time like this? And I'm going to give you three reasons why we need to be joyful. Because the world needs joy. They need to know that we don't just work on our circumstances. We don't have joy just because everything is going right. Even when things go wrong, we still have joy because our joy is not from this earth. Our joy comes from Jesus Christ himself. That day when the angels proclaim, I bring you great joy. And I'm here today to tell you that that great joy can be for all his people if you accept the word of the Lord. So what's the first step in having that joy that surpasses all understanding? The world can't understand it. When things go wrong, we still have joy. How can it possibly be? Jesus says, I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus spoke these words just before, a few hours before he was going to be crucified. He knew that the disciples were going to go through the most difficult time in their life, but he says, I'm going to give you my joy. That when there's nothing to be joyful about, when you see me die on that cross, when you see me put into that tomb, you can still have joy because I will come back for you. And we as born-again believers, we can have that joy 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Not just around Christmas, but every day. We as born-again believers need to have that joy because we need to share that joy with a lost and dying world. Because real joy only comes from Him. I knew as a little kid growing up that 
I knew on Christmas Eve, the church was always going to give candy out. And guess what? Service I never missed in my entire life. Christmas Eve. Because they're going to give out a great gift. A whole, not just a little piece of candy, but a whole box. And man, there was great rejoicing. Until the box was empty. Or until you got down to the ones you didn't want. You ever had those box of candies that you're afraid to eat them? Great joy. But it's sad to say a lot of people don't have that joy. We received word this week that one of our best friends, her daughter, who's 19 years old, tried to commit suicide. 19 years old. How could that be? And when her, she had, when her mother asked her, why did you try to commit suicide? She told her mother, I have nothing to live for. And that's what happens to people that walk away from the Lord. Stay strong in the Lord. Don't ever walk away from her. And I pray for this young lady. She's 19. I pray that she'll come to her senses and realize that Jesus Christ has never left her, that Jesus Christ is right there with her, and she has the most to live for. At 19 years old, she has her whole life ahead of her. But she has to come back to him. She has to surrender all to him. Nehemiah the prophet said this, Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're here today and you're weak and you're defeated and you're going through a difficult time, let me just say the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you have nothing else to lean on, you can lean on him. For he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will carry you through every step of the way. In Psalms it says, in his presence is the fullness of joy. You want real joy? You get in the presence of God. You get among his people. That's why it's so important to be in church every Sunday if it's possible. To be around his people so we can share this joy. So when I'm down, you can lift me up. And when you're down, I can help you. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It says in Psalms, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last in the night, but a shout for joy comes in the morning. Jesus said, unless we become as little children, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. Did you hear these kids sing this morning? Especially Curtis's little girl. She was shouting for joy. I mean, she let it ring. I mean, she didn't hold anything back. The song says, shout, and she shouted. Go tell on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. She was so full of the joy of the Lord, she couldn't contain it. And those little girls that sang, they did a great job. And they make my job so much easier because you might not remember about me preaching today, but you will remember them. And the joy of the Lord will follow you as you leave this place. So if you want real joy, you want real peace, you want real happiness, it only comes to knowing Jesus. Only comes that way. You can try it. 
You talk to people that have a lot of money and a lot of cars and a lot of houses, and they have no joy. They're worried about somebody breaking into their house, someone stealing their car, someone taking their money. See, because all their joy is tied up in this world. My joy is based on him. He's out of this world. And no man can take this joy away because no man gave me this joy. The joy of the Lord. When was the last time you shouted for joy? Today we need to shout for joy before the Savior has come to this earth. We have hope. We have a future. For Jesus Christ came as a little babe that day. And the great thing about serving Jesus Christ, he's coming back one day, not as a little baby in the manger. He's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's going to set things right. And I can't wait for that day. You talk about joy now, you will really have joy. You'll really be shouting. And he will do what he has to do. And he will serve justly and rightly. What's the other thing that we need to do if we're going to have real joy? This Christmas and beyond. We have to put others ahead of ourselves. Others ahead of ourselves. In other words, we have to look out for other people. You know, this world teaches you, you look out for number one. Take care of yourself. Don't worry about anybody else. You take care of number one and everything else will be okay. But Jesus doesn't teach that. Jesus says, you go out and you take care of the one. You give your life away. You give your money away. Follow me. For Jesus died for other people. And if you're going to have real joy, you have to put other people first. It says in his word, it is more blessed to give than to receive. In the natural, that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. Growing up with four brothers and one sister, it was never more blessed to give than to receive. It was always more blessed to receive than to give. And since I'm born on the 28th of December, I got those special gifts. Oh, this is your Christmas gift, and this is your birthday gift. I got ripped off. Because when January, or when July rolled around, when my brother, who was born on July 3rd, he got gifts. And my mom didn't say, well, this is your Christmas gift, and this is your birthday gift. No, he got gifts on his birthday. Putting others ahead of yourself. If you want real joy, you got to give your joy away. That's the only way God can keep filling you over and over and over again with his Holy Spirit as you give your joy away to others. My wife thought it was a good idea to buy Christmas gifts a year in advance for my three nieces. She thought it was a great idea. Super deals, you know, after Christmas, got the super dress for half price or whatever it was, 90% off. The problem is kids grow. And all three dresses were way too small for the, my three nieces. So now what do we do with those dresses? Can't take them back. You've had them for over a year almost. 
But praise be to God, God knew what was going to happen. Down the street from us, there's a family. There's about three families living in one house. And they have some of the precious little girls that run around their yard all the time. And when Linda gave those dresses away to other people that we don't even really know, great joy came into our heart. Now, don't buy Christmas gifts too early now this year. Warning. Especially for kids, you know. They grow. But it's so blessed when we give and we look at others ahead of ourselves. The Pharisees were constantly on Jesus. Why do you eat with sinners? Why do you hang around those people? You ever met those people? That's who Jesus died for, those people. So Jesus began to tell them three parables. One about the lost sheep, one about the lost coin, one about the lost son. And he said there was great rejoicing when they found that coin. There was great rejoicing when they found that lost sheep. There was great rejoicing when that lost son came back. Jesus died for others. And we need to do the same thing. Look at your neighbor. Look at the people around you. They need Jesus more than you think they do. Because today, no matter how big of a smile they really put on their face, they don't have what it takes really to have real joy. Because they don't have Jesus. And we have the best gift we could give them. We can give them the Lord. So share the joy of the Lord with others. For they need. It's amazing. We've been working with the homeless for over 30 years. And I tell you, there's no greater joy when you make that lasagna bill and we pass it out to those people. Instead of getting that cold sandwich for lunch, man, you talk about the joy of the Lord. And you know what? We are the ones that are blessed. And you know, even though we've been doing this for over 30 years, every time Jesus comes through. We were a little worried last time because a couple people said they couldn't come, couldn't help us. And you'll start looking at the food list and you're thinking, well, we got to feed over 50 people. How are we going to do that? But Jesus comes through every time and we always have leftovers. And I want to thank Harvest Church for you guys stepping up every week or every time we do feed the homeless. You guys always come through. And you guys make really good lasagna. I mean, forget going to the Olive Garden. I'm going to Bill's house for lasagna. So share that joy with others. I remember years ago, I'm standing in line Christmas Eve. I don't know why. I'm in Macy's. And the line's about here to... Mr. Fox back there, it's a long line. And the little girl's at the catch register. And I got my gifts in my hand, and everybody's in front of me. And they begun to grumble, you know, complain. Why don't they get more cash register people? Why don't they get somebody that knows what they're doing up there trying to ring us up? And they kept saying stuff like, you know what really makes me mad when Macy's doesn't do what they're supposed to do? And, and, and people were just complaining and grumbling. And I had enough. I said, you know what makes me mad? And everybody looked at me, 
People that wait till the last minute to go Christmas shopping. That's what makes me mad. And everybody began to chuckle and the, all that heat came out of them. I shared the joy of the Lord. Because we're in line because we're, we're idiots. That's really true. You know, if you wait till the last minute to go shopping, expect the line. Don't blame other people. I'm often asked, why do you do mission trips? Why do you go where you have to raise all that money and get on those planes and work from dawn to dusk, you know, in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning until till it gets dark, and, and most of the time you don't have really good food. The last couple trips have been nice. We've had Madge and Rick go with us. They make great food. But they're, they're the, a lot of times we don't have that. We just eat whatever the, we eat. Sometimes you don't know what it is. But I tell you, when you have that dedication service on that Sunday morning or on that Friday night, you talk about joy. And you see that little church that they used to worship in, dirt floor, thatched roof, no windows, no bathroom. You talk about joy. It is worth it. Because we put other people ahead of ourselves. So be a giver. Give your life away. And you will have real joy. What's the third thing that we need to do if we're going to have real joy? The real joy begins with you. You have to accept your lot in life. You know, when I first got saved, I thought, well, well, this is nice. God is blessing. No more trouble, no more problems, no more heartaches. But after the first couple weeks, I realized that Christians aren't immune to getting sick. Christians have hard hardships. And whatever the Lord has laid in your life to do, whatever road he puts you on, you need to accept what he's called you to do, and you need to do it. Do it with joy. And you may say, Lord, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. And the Lord would say, that's okay. This is the path that you can grow the best in. And as we walk this, this life, this journey, as we stay on the right road that Jesus Christ has for you and for me, we can have joy. And we can bless other people. And we can say, well, you know what? I went through the same thing, but let me share, you, share what, what Jesus did for me. Joy. It says in Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. When you look at the disciples' lives, beaten, put in prison, Mocked, really cute, but they always had joy. How could they sing in prison? Why didn't they complain about the bugs and the cold? No, they sang. They rejoiced. Because they knew that it was worth it all. This is what God has for me to do today, and I will do it to the best of my ability. Romans 12.12 12 says, Be joyful, in hope, 
patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, joyful. Joyful in hope is not too bad, but patient in affliction is hard. When you're going through a tough time, especially when it's a sickness or something that you have no control of and you don't understand why you're going through that, I'm here today to tell you that God has a reason. God has a plan. And God will see it through if you stay on that road. The other day, Linda's driving her car. And she hits the curb and gets not one flat tire, but two. I'm in Alexandria, and she's in down there by Potomac Mills. She calls me up and says, what am I going to do? I said, well, I'll come down and change the tire. She goes, well, I got bad news. I got two flats. I don't, we don't have two spares. So she called the wrecker. And I don't know if you've ever been in the car with Linda. Believe me, the conversation is going to turn around to Jesus. And that wrecker, he's trapped. The guy driving the wrecker, he is trapped. You know, so for the next 45 minutes as she comes back home, that truck driver heard about the love of Jesus. We don't know why things happen. But take every opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. Because that is their only hope. And I tell you, the day I got saved, I was 19 years old. I was a wreck. I had no hope. I had no future. But the day Jesus came into my life, man, you talk about joy. You know, my circumstances didn't really change a whole lot, but joy came in anyway. I no no longer looked at things like the world looks at things. They all look negative. They look at negative. That's a negative thing, so I'm going to jump on that. When Jesus comes into your life, you go, well, it's a negative thing, but I'm going to look at the positive side of it. Why do we do this? Why is this happening to me? And you know what? The joy of the Lord really is our strength. So this Christmas season, as you go through, be joyful. Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. And God can turn every situation around to a positive if you rely on him. There was a man that lived in Chicago. His name was Horatio. He was a wealthy man. He had a lot of properties, a lot of land. He was a lawyer. And then in 1871, the great Chicago fire hit. He lost almost all his wealth. Overnight. To make things worse, his young son died of scarlet fever about a week later. Man. Lost my son, lost all these homes, lost all my property, lost all my wealth, pretty much. And he could see the stress on his wife's face and his four daughters. So he decided, well, I'm going to put them on a ship and 
let them get away from all this. They're going to go to England and just get away from Chicago. And on the way to England, the ship sank. And almost everybody perished. They found his wife clinging to a piece of board and they pulled her out of the cold Atlantic Ocean. And the four daughters had, had passed away. And when she got to England, she writes this telegram, saved alone, what shall I do? So her husband got on the next ship and he went to England to see her. And on the way there, the captain says, would you like to see where the ship went down in this area? And he was so full of grief and so full of heartache. He said, yes, I like to. Tell me when you get to the close of that, that place. I want to be there. And he thought his heart would break. There'd be no hope. But he said, as we got closer and closer to where that place, where the ship went down, he said, joy filled his heart. Peace filled his heart. And he wrote the words of that great hymn, It is well with my soul. How is your soul this morning? Is it well with your soul? Peace like a river. Only Jesus can give you that peace. So no matter what your lot is, no matter what you're going through, I can guarantee as long as you hold on to Jesus, he will take you through every situation. I can testify to that. For it says in his word, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus.